In this episode of the podcast, it's all about photography clubs. Should you join one? Should you start one? What are they all about? This is Twit. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, we're gonna to be talking about photography clubs and diving into what that world is all about and more importantly, how it can benefit you as a photographer, regardless of where you are in your, photo, your photographic journey. A lot of folks look at photography clubs and are like, yeah, I don't know about that or there's, not, there's no clubs near me, I don't know how to find clubs, all these things, all these excuses not to join them but as it turns out one of the missing links in in most photographers journeys uh, you know I would argue maybe even up through pro professional photographers is feedback and the community around photography because photography tends to be a very kind of solo or insular kind of activity kind of like golf maybe even more so than golf but it feels very, you know, you could do it by yourself and you don't need to be around anyone. You could go shoot your landscapes or whatever and be totally zen and by yourself. However, turns out we need feedback on our work in order to get better, correct mistakes, get new ideas, try new techniques, all these things. And the only way you can do that is to participate in a community in some way or another. So we're gonna talk about that today. And to have that conversation, I've been lucky enough to be joined by two guests. I have Jessica and Michael here who are gonna take us through their experiences with photo clubs. They were both active in photography clubs. We're gonna dive into them and find out what, it, what it's all about. Jessica, I wanna start with you. Give us a little background on who you are and uh, why you love photography clubs so much. Now, just a little background on who you are. Hi, I'm Jessica Velia and I live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I am a Colorado native and I'm very proud of that. Um, and I work with a lot of families and children and actually another weird little niche of musicians classical musicians, and I work on a ton of fine art photography. So if I can paint something, I'm painting it. And if I can composite something, I'm compositing it. So rarely does it come out looking like I took it in my camera. That's usually just like a base of what I want it to be. Love it. Well, welcome. And thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This is going to be a good conversation. Um, and on the other side over here, I think also in Colorado is Michael Rhino. Michael Rhino, tell us about yourself and, uh, you know, where where you came from. Are you also a native Coloradan? Uh, I am not a native Coloradan. Um, and, th and thank you once again, Frederick, for uh, having us on today. I'm actually, I uh, was in Southern California before I moved to Colorado, but I'm, I consider myself a Colorado native, almost, in that uh, more than half of my life has been in Colorado, I should say. So it's right about 30 yeah. years now. And uh, um, as far as photography, I... I don't know if I have a real specialty. I do plenty of different uh, genres of photography. What got me into photography was landscape and nature and wildlife. But over the last couple of years, I've also taken an interest in uh, actually photographing people. And actually, um, would have never thought I would have done this uh, without having joined clubs and so forth. But now I have photographed a few weddings recently, doing family mm -hmm. portraits and that sort of thing. So um, I'm really enjoying just uh, continuing to learn more and more about photography. 
I love it. I love it. And that's that's why we're here today, right? It's to talk about that feedback loop. Like you said, you you likely would not have experienced the joy of shooting weddings had it not been for the photography club. Let's let's take it take it from there, Michael. So when we say when we use the phrase photography club, what is that? Because it sounds when I, I know what a photography club is, but when I when I say it, I it sounds dated. Like a club? Like what's a like the Mickey Mouse Club? Like what what is sure. this club thing? Like like explain the whole concept of of the photography club to us. Sure. And and to me it means a lot of different things in that. Uh, I, I think of it as different organizations and they all are unique. The, I, I belong to I'll say probably five or six of them. Some of those are uh, in the, the in-person style, uh, I'll say. Uh, I'm, I'm currently the president of uh, Professional Photographers of Colorado, formerly the past president, or I am the past president of Lone Tree Photography Club. Um, so those clubs are, you know, we have in-person, we have hybrid meetings, we have conventions, conferences, and so forth and that. So a lot of in-person, but also a lot of, um, you know, say virtual meetings and that that we do with those. And then the other types of clubs that I'll say other organizations and that are the communities. One of those being This Week in Photo, TWIP, the one that uh, you operate. And so I, I see that as being a, a, you know, a, a really fun uh, group and so forth and that, again, learning from that. Um, and then there's a couple of other ones in that. There's uh, Nicole Young has one, Nicole Z, uh, Photo Focus. I belong to that one and do some articles for them. So, you know, to, to, to your point, you know, I, I, think, I think of, you know, clubs as being, in, in my opinion, really good opportunities to learn from other photographers. And then subsequently, once you do the learning, you also have the opportunities to teach and educate others on some of the things that you've learned across the way. So yeah. to, to me, I think of the, um, these clubs, as you say, uh, as you know, to, to me, just really good opportunities to you know, learn, uh, learn from others and then help others along the way. Yeah. Jessica, do you agree with that? Is it, is it more of kind of a collaborative thing um, or, you know, is it is a reason to get out of the house and get from behind the camera? Or like, what, what is the, oh, what yeah. is your best reason for them? Man, there's so many reasons. So I, I joined, I've done them all. So I've done the whole spectrum. And I think for, for moms, especially there's, there's clubs centered around being a mom tog. I don't know if you guys have heard that phrase. Um, where you're a mom and you're a photographer and you're just trying to make some extra money. <clears throat> and I started there and I've been in clubs where it's very much a popularity contest of who's maybe not really, really good at what they do, but they are the most popular person there and, and they're the ones leading the club. And then I've been in other ones where it's very much a community based on learning and teaching and growing, whether that's in business or in photography. I mean, some of these clubs that I've been a part of and still am a part of, like I, they're my second family. I love these people so much. Yeah. 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 And I, I hear that a lot. We, that's how mm -hmm. our, the community that Michael mentioned, the TWIP community is very much like that or a group of people that just kind of you, like when we meet, we very rarely, interestingly, dive in deeply into photography. <laughs> it's more about yeah. I think photography is the common thread that binds us all together. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's, you know, all the other things that, that have happened over the past couple of years that we tend to kind of talk about in and commiserate in some ways around. Uh, so, so I want to let's start from the like the beginning of the photography club journey for someone. If someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, "Yeah, okay, I get it. Um, that sounds interesting so far." But I live in you know 
in the middle of nowhere or I'm busy or whatever, you know, whatever the excuses they may come up with, uh, mostly valid, I'm guessing. But what what would be their first steps to finding a club that they can kind of gel with? Is it is it like dating? You know, you kind of go and visit a bunch of clubs and find out which one you like and then go join the club. Or do you pick one and just make it work or do you start one? Like, what's the what's the best way to get going in this? Jessica, I'm, I'm curious what your, your thoughts are on that first. Oh, oh, I would say it's like dating. You probably need to try all the things. I've been parts of clubs where I did not feel like these were my people. This was not my vibe. I couldn't I couldn't continue justifying spending time away from my family to go because it is it's still time away from your family, whether you're looking for something like that, because sometimes just getting out of the house is the reason. Um, but then you find communities and that's going to be different for everybody. That's why it's important to try some of these where it's like, these are my people. I have found my people and I love these people um, for whatever the reason might be. It could just be personalities and it could be that you're learning so many things. And so I think it is very much like dating and what are you trying to get from the experience as well? Um, if it's just purely social, then some clubs are going to be better than others. And if it's, deep into education, then again, there's going to be clubs that give more education than others. So I do think it's very much like dating. I like that analogy a lot, actually. But yeah. uh, you guys actually yeah. had a at TWIP had a, a topic that came across my email and then I wasn't able to join about aliens. And I can't remember aliens was in there, but like you might aliens <laughs> it said something yeah. about aliens and Bigfoot or I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look at my email. <laughs> It was something, yeah. and I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got it. You got to join us. Sorry, you, you never know what's going to come up on those uh, mixer yeah. meetings and that. And aliens uh -huh. certainly uh -huh. comes up at, at times, and it, that's what makes it's it been fun. coming up a lot lately. Lately, <laughs> aliens have been uh, making an appearance on our on our little group there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. They're welcome, aliens. You are welcome, long as you are nice, aliens. Um, so, <laughs> so how? how yeah, define a nice alien. Um, yeah, and Michael, continuing on that, so the, when, if someone is, you know, they're interested in kind of moving and exploring this path, you know, the whole dating metaphor, you know, makes sense. Yeah, I want to try all these groups out, then find one that resonates with me. Uh, what are the different kinds of groups that, that these, the adventurer can expect to experience? Is it like a meetup group or is it... The, are they photo walk based? Are they more tutorial based where you go and you sit down and someone presents or lectures for the, the, the duration of the meeting? Like what, what, what can people expect? Yeah, yeah, gr great question there. Um, you know, and I, I almost wanna say all of the above and, and the yeah. different clubs are gonna have different elements of that or some clubs, uh, you know, I'll bring up the, um, you know, the first one that I joined was the, the Lone Tree Photography Club and simply Googled that, Googled, uh, photo clubs near me, and this one just happened to be two miles away. So I went and uh, visited, um, you know, one of their meetings, like the people that were there. And to your point, that one, actually, they do a little bit of all of those things in that, you know, we have the critiques, we have in-person meetings, we have virtual um, uh, meetings in that for those that can't attend there in person. We do a couple times a year, uh, you know, photo walks, or I'll say, you know, social gatherings. Um, so, you know, I, 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 now some, some of them will specialize just in, you know, maybe one or two of those things. Like maybe they do, um, you know, critiques and maybe they do, you know, a workshop or two a year, but they don't really do that much of, you know, things in person and so forth. 
Um, to me, I tend to like the ones that um, have a little bit of everything and kind of spread different, you know, education amongst different genres, um, different skill levels, and uh, and that. So, you know, kind of, I, I guess that's kind of a roundabout answer to to a question of, you know, to me, you know, what what makes a photo club complete would be one that uh, offers kind of all of the above of what you described, and that is you know, photo walks, in-person meetings, social events, maybe a conference and um, uh, critiques and yeah. all of, every one of those things contributes to the learning process for me. Yeah. And and I got to imagine that running a photo club and I, I have a we have a, a This Week in Photo meetup group, actually. Um, it's got, geez, I think it's like the 1200 members in it in the in down in the San Jose area. Um, but it when when I was actively running meetings, I guess it was kind of a de facto photo club, but it was a uh, I used it as a as a way for the guests that would come on the podcast to if they were in town, you know, San Jose visiting Adobe or one of the tech companies or something, then I would, you know, hey, let's can you come speak at my meetup group and, you know, give a lecture on A, B and C and I'll take you to dinner afterwards and we'll have some drinks and you're off to your hotel or on the plane or whatever. And that worked out really well. I did those, I think, at, at, at the, the sort of the height of it, I was doing two a month, like every other week, which got to be a little aggressive, <laughs> so, especially with a, a full-time job at Adobe at the time. Uh, but the, the, the thing that I learned about it, I'm curious what you both think about this. A couple of the learnings that I took away from doing those, which I think I'll crank up again after this conversation, was... One, um, the RSVP list, if people like if I have a guest, one of you guys are coming to speak at my event and I say, hey, Jessica's going to come and talk about all things, you know, fine art and photography and post processing and all that. I write up this beautiful post and description with sample images. The RSV and usually I set the, the RSVP limit to like 100. I think the room I was using had a, a capacity of comfortably of about 100. So I set it 100. And boom, I'd have 100 signups within, I don't know, a day. And then it'd be at 125 or something of people on the waiting list. And Meetup was good with that because it would intelligently manage the, the RSVP list and all that. So if somebody canceled, then it would backfill the next person. But the problem was, I was running these events on uh, Thursday. It was either on a Thursday or a Friday. And people would RSVP to kind of placehold it you know like oh i might if i can't find anything better to do i mean I'll, at least i'll have that and they'll go but then you know a lot of people would find something quote better to do and not cancel their reservation or whatever and then i'd have you know maybe 75 percent show up you know to the meeting so in order to fix that i started adding a fee to the meeting a small little fee i think i added like five dollars or something and all the proceeds went to buy refreshments and towards buying the dinner for the speaker and you know the room rental fee because I was I was uh, renting the community room from the local library. It was a brand new, you know, new construction library. It had a high tech room in there that you know community members could use. So I'd use that and and uh, but once I put that fee on there. Boom. RSVPs. <laughs> it was only the people that really wanted to come, were, which is what I was kind of solving for. Only those people, just that little bit of money 
fixed it just like that. So I'm curious, Jessica, I mean, you can throw it either one of you. I'm curious, does, do you feel that same kind of flow with the groups that you guys are involved in? And do you have to, is it necessary to charge money in order to make sure that people are serious and they show up to, to whatever event you're putting on? What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, there's, and we're both in leadership in these mm -hmm. groups. So Michael's the mm -hmm. president at PPC. I'm the vice president over there. And then I've, I'm also on the board for my local guild, which is PPGCS, uh, Professional Photographers Guild of Colorado Springs. And I think there is something to, like, the second that you have any skin in the game, you're probably going to show up. Um, yeah. With PPGCS in particular, there's no fees to attend meetings for members. And we've we've curated such a, a warm environment, I think, that people just want to show up to those member meetings. Um, there's fees for workshops and whatnot. We have a lot of attendees for those too, and they're quite a bit higher on the fees, but we've never done that here. I know other organizations do. I've, I've spoken for organizations where it's like, it's 25 bucks to come if you're a member and 35 if you're a non-member. And I've talked to their leadership too on why they do that and how they do it. Um, I don't know if it's necessary in a case like yours where you have a hundred and and 20 people that want to show up to a meeting. Yeah, I would say that's probably absolutely necessary. Some of these groups are quite a bit smaller. And so it yeah. doesn't feel like we need to do that at this point. I do think like the second you have a, an, a barrier to entry though, like that can become problematic too. Like we yeah. have Zoom options for both of the groups here. We have both Zoom and um, in person. So you can show up to either or. And I think that's actually been a game changer on things because we have members from all over the place that come because geographically it might not be convenient for them or they have to stay home with sick kids, but now they, they can be part of the meeting, even if it is virtually. You know, that's that's actually a really good point because the when I was going through that all those exercises, there was no Zoom or Zoom equivalent. I think there was Skype, but the the infrastructure right. for doing that was iffy at best. Right? You you guys remember mm -hmm. back in the day, like even doing what we're doing right now was science fiction, right? <laughs> so yeah. so you know, I think. But fast forward to today, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. If you can do that, then you know you can. R do, would you still RSVP people for the for the virtual version to to get a headcount, or is it just you know here's the link, show up if you want? I think we've done we've done both. We've absolutely, no, in two, mm -hmm. two different groups, we've done both. And then Michael over at Lone Tree, I think they are SVP. I'm part of that group, but I'm very new. So um, mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for Lone Tree, but I think mm -hmm. there's benefits to doing either or. I think for PPC, the big draw on making sure we're doing Zoom is that we have members from all over the whole state and everybody can't come in on a Thursday night, which yeah. would be ideal. I would love to see everybody every single third Thursday or second Thursday of the month. But when geographic yeah. problems are the problem, like just fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Zoom, Zoom is your friend in that situation. Mm -hmm. Michael, what about Lone Tree? Is Lone Tree, how does that work? And have you, have you experienced the whole, if you put some money on it, then yeah. people have skin in the game and they're more likely to show up or participate. I know, I know that with, with education, like with educational mm -hmm. courses and, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, building distance wear or, or, or distance learning type courses. 
right? conventional knowledge is if you make something free, people are not going to take it seriously. If you make them pay for it, they're more likely to learn the content that you put in. Does that you feel like that applies to to this conversation as well? Yeah. Again, a great question, and I really like Jessica's response to that one as it relates to PPC and uh, the PPGCS groups and so forth and that. You know, what, what I find with, with the Lone Tree group, and, and that one is, I'll, I'll say it's, th th there's more hobbyists. We have some professional photographers in there also and some that make a living at it, but a lot of them are um, hobbyists and so forth and they are not, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll say we, we don't, the answer is we don't charge like a special fee or anything like that to attend any of our meetings. We have two meetings a month, first and uh, third Wednesdays of each month. Some of them are competitions, some of them are, um, you know, other presentations and so forth. But uh, we, we don't we don't charge a fee. And, you know, so far, we haven't really felt that need to, um, you know, charge something in that in order to make them feel like they have some skin in the game in order to attend. What we find is, you know, the best uh, attendance that we get is, you know, when we can offer, you know, programs and speakers and presentations and judges and so forth and that, that, you know, people are interested in either learning about that person or the genre of photography that's being discussed that night. But um, yeah. to answer your question, no, we, we, we haven't really gone the route of uh, charging anything for each specific meeting. Once, once you're a member, you're able to uh, attend all of them, all of them for free. That's cool. What, what's the flow of, of one of these meetings? Like you, you sign up and I'm a, I'm a nervous first time meeting, you know, attendee to a Lone Tree event. Uh -huh. what, what can I expect? And, or, and <laughs> is Lone Tree typical or atypical to the average kind of photo club meeting? You know, I, I, I think it's pretty similar. We, we try and use the same um, techniques and so forth and that for our professional photographers of Colorado meetings and that as mm -hmm. far as, you know, the, the, the typical meeting, uh, whether you're in person or whether you're attending in Zoom. I'll, I'll, actually, there is a little bit of a difference. If you're attending in person, we have what we call like a 30, 45 minute uh, before the actual meeting starts uh, social time. So people that are sh showing up early before the that's our, our case, it's uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, mountain time as the official start time, but people will start showing up about 6.15, 6.30. And there, there'll be the social time. So, you know, the person who attends in person gets the benefit of, you know, talking to others. And oftentimes there'll be, you know, four or five, six different conversations going on in the room during that first, I'll say, 30 minutes. And then the flow of it is that then uh, come 7 o'clock, uh, myself or somebody else um, leading the meeting We'll sort of go through, um, you know, uh, acknowledging uh, the people that are there attending, thanking them for being there, uh, go through the, uh, you know, um, I'll say upcoming events, talk about, you know, some of the other things that we're doing, maybe talk about any of the other specific things, maybe awards or something like that, that members in the group have received recently. And then there will be a introduction of, let's say, if we have a judge that night for a competition or if we have a presentation that somebody's giving. Uh, the person who's opening the meeting will do an introduction of that person, sort of describe what their background is, what their expertise is, and then we flow into, um, you know, whether it be a, a competition where it may be anywhere from 50 to 60 to 90 images that will be going through a, a, a competition in any given um, competition night, or mm -hmm. we'll go uh, usually about, uh, you know, maybe 90 minutes or whatever in that of the presentation of whoever's presenting and going through um, you know, whatever topic it is that they've uh, that they're uh, sharing with the group. Yeah. You know, I'm curious about the just the, the 
like the main nugget of this is community and learning and like we were, we were saying in the beginning there getting better at what you do jessica do you do you do you feel like the the interacting with these clubs whether as a leader or as an attendee do you, do you feel like it has i'm guessing the answer to this is going to be yes but you feel like it has made you a better artist and and if so in what ways like michael i know he's now a wedding photographer so you know it made him a better <laughs> it gave him gave him the onus to go out there and tackle bridezillas but on the on the other side of it you know what are what are your experiences there? are you are you better for this experience oh absolutely i think some of it some of it leads into the competition piece. Anytime you're competing, whether you're competing against yourself, you're competing against other people, you're going to push yourself in a way that you probably wouldn't have if you're just going to create something for a client or create something because you want to. So in that way, my work has dramatically improved. Um, I would say the other part of it is that I've learned that I love teaching. I legitimately just love when students' eyes light up. And so the best way to learn something is to teach it. And I've learned so much in my own teaching that I think that's probably for me, the most important part of, of what I've gained in being part of these clubs. You mean learn so much in terms of, you know, as the old adage of if you want to learn something really mm -hmm. well, teach it. Is it teach that it, kind yeah. of, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there were degrees, right? Some of these organizations like PPA is a broad organization and there's there's degrees that you can earn through PPA. And to me, I was just like, oh, I wanna be that, that old person that has all these things <laughs> on their lanyard, right? Like it feels all very important and I wanna do that. And uh, goals. I did it to get the, the things. And then I realized yeah. it's not to get the things, it's to be a better artist. And it was making me such a better artist very quickly. It was very fast. Um, my skill set improved within a year, like beyond what I could have done by myself. And I'm pretty stubborn and I like to just learn things by myself. <laughs> so, yeah. In what way, I though? Could, like, what was specifically? Like, it, what, or I'm sure it's a bunch, but like one way that, that you felt like you grew as a photographer over that year dramatically? Oh, um, composition. I was an artist before, so I thought I knew all the things about composition and lighting and all these things. And I realized I had no idea what I was doing um, because I'm stubborn and I like to teach myself stuff. I realized that I cannot teach this stuff to myself. I need other people and I need other opinions. Some of these people that I've learned from are fantastic landscape photographers, actually, that I've learned so much about composition and color balance and lighting that I would have never gotten watching YouTube videos or reading books, which is what I was doing before was watching YouTube, yeah. which is good in a lot of ways. And you can, there's a ton of free education, but like you said earlier, if it's free, you might not take it as seriously. And when mm -hmm. I started even these small investments in myself, it was still an investment. I wasn't successfully running my business the way that I should have at that point. And so I was, like scraping by like every due that I had to pay or every workshop that I had to take, like I had to work for it in the beginning. So it was important to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that was part of what made me work harder. 
Yeah. And it really proves to yourself because you, you're working harder and putting all this effort in. That's not free, right? Time is money. So that's that's expensive. Even if you're not laying out a bunch of cash, just your mind, even thinking about stuff a lot is expensive because you're using that horsepower. You only think about one thing at a time. If you're thinking about that, you're spending spending your time thinking about that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Rano, what about you? Like, in, are there any tangible ways that you can point to that your involvement in these these clubs and organizations have made you a better artist? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. That That's an easy um, one to answer with a, a real solid yeah. yes. The, um, you know, the, the, uh, it just kind of bringing into, you know, the Lone Tree Club, the Professional Photographers of Colorado, PPGCS, This Week in Photo, amongst the others and so forth. Um, you know, I'll just bring up a couple of examples and that is, like I mentioned, when I first got into it, it was just a matter of enhancing when I go out and I do a lot of things outdoors, hiking, fly fishing and so forth. And that got the camera, wanted to kind of learn how to take better pictures whenever I'm out in those environments. But had I not been involved with um, you know, some of these other organizations, I would have never you know, got comfortable with, uh, I'll say, photographing people. And in fact, it was one of Jessica's workshops with um, the PPC group down in Colorado Springs on family portraiture that um, you know, I went there not really thinking that that was gonna be an avenue that I was gonna go, but in attending her workshop, and then you know, she went through all of the, uh, you know, the education part of it uh, there in the room, and then we actually went out and did some hands-on photographing of families uh, that she had come in. All, all of a sudden I realized, you know what, maybe I can do that, maybe that is something that um, I might become interested in, and over the last couple of years have done exactly that. You know, as far as weddings, it was a couple of your, you know, TWIP episodes and being uh, involved with, you know, again, Troy Miller, who, you know, one of the very active members over there in that group, a wedding photographer. And as, you know, he's talking about weddings and so forth and that, it's like, I would have never thought that I would go do that. And all of a sudden I was approached by a couple of friends, hey, can you photograph my wedding? Um, just pretend that we're a couple of elk out there or whatever on the scene and uh, just <laughs> photograph away. And uh, I did that, and then somebody else who attended that one uh, liked what I provided and said, hey, we're getting married also. Would you mind doing ours? So now I've got you know a handful of those weddings under my belt. And had I not ever become involved with some of these groups, I would have never thought that I would be photographing people, weddings, and migrating into that And in addition to the, the nature photography that, that I do. And the last point I would bring, too, is also uh, I'll, I'll give credit to Troy with I, I, would, I don't know that I would have ever really taken a dive into infrared photography. Uh, Troy, you know, kind of gave me the, the heads up on that and uh, gave me some pointers and kind of what gear to get and where to get the camera converted and so forth. And so next thing you know, I'm getting an infrared converted camera. And now I can hardly ever leave the house without that. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know as far as like skills, I think have definitely improved. But in addition to that, just the um, the number of genres that I'm interested in photographing has increased dramatically because of my involvement with these groups. Whereas I've been on my own throughout, I don't think I would have ever tried some of these things. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, right? I mean, because we we I think as as creators, regardless of the stuff that you create, like I was saying at the beginning, it's easy to become just kind of in your own cocoon, and this is the way I do it. This is my process, and you know, uh, yours is great, but this is the way I do it over here. But to be exposed to the other ways or other genres or other techniques or 
just the electricity of other personalities and their feedback on your work is kind of a feedback loop that's like, oh, yeah, okay, I want to go out and try that thing. Or maybe I'll do this differently next time. Or, hey, Jessica did this crazy shot. I want to incorporate that bit of it into what I'm doing. I wonder if I can do that. Right. And then do it and be able to get some feedback from Jessica. And yeah, you did that great. But next time, try to do this a little bit differently. You might see better results. So yeah, that's that's what you can't you can't you could look at photography like Jessica, you were saying you could look at it as yeah, I can learn all I need to know on YouTube or Linda or Kelby or wherever and, you know, go out with my camera to and take a trip to Yosemite and set up my tripod and do the stuff that I learned, take it home, post process it, maybe print it, hang it on the wall. But you're in your own little your own little feedback loop right there. You don't know if you're doing good stuff or bad stuff and you're not really improving. It's not until you introduce those external influences in there that you like, oh, there's a hole right there. Oh, all my shots are overexposed or, you know, that that kind of feedback. You know, with that, I'm, I'm curious, like when, when people, their, their appetites have been whetted for this this kind of feedback and group activity. Where do they start? Like where just go where if I want I want to find one in my local area, what do I do? Get on Google Photo Club yes. in this area or go to a camera yeah. store and ask them like what what are your recommendations? Yeah, all of those are great. Um, I think. For me, I just I knew what PPA was, and so it was pretty easy to just go on their website and find where the local PPA affiliates were in my area, which is, was PPC and PPGCS. Um, so that was pretty easy, but it's not really where I started because I just thought I didn't even know what PPA was. I thought it was insurance, like, and it, and that is part <laughs> of it, but that's what I thought the whole thing was. And so I was shocked to find out that it's this whole community that comes together a couple times a year for various events. Um, so that's a whole different topic right there. But um, I would say Google, I live my life by relying on Google. I honestly don't yeah. know what I would do without it. So that's probably a good place to start. Um, I've heard so many good things. I'm not local to quite Lone Tree area, but I've heard so many good things about the club that I actually joined that one recently too. Um, just to broaden my horizons, I think there's just, there's a whole wide world of photography out there and there's so many communities within that, that it's pretty easy to find at least somebody that's near you. Even if it's an hour drive, like I'm gonna drive up tonight to Lone Tree, it's about an hour from my house. So it's not impossible to find. And I think Google is probably the best place to start. Yeah. Michael, you agree with that? Just yeah, start yeah, on Google, I, do a search? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and the other thing that I would say, too, is, you know, do a Google search, see what uh, photography communities or clubs and so forth and that are, you know, within your, you know, area or whatever in that. And and then most of them have some something on, you know, a website or they have some kind of social media presence and so forth. So then go through and take a look at that and see if, mm -hmm. you know, the programs that they have, maybe, you know, what, you know, their workshops that they've had, workshops that they have coming up. Do they ha offer image critiques? Do they have image competitions? You know, go to, go to their website first and take a look and see what, um, you know, see what they have to offer. And most of them, I know, you know, the couple groups that, you know, we're talking about here, uh, PPC, Lone Tree Photo Club, um, the Guild, the PPGCS that Jessica mentioned down in Colorado Springs, all of them, and I think this probably goes across the board, and for those of you that you know live in other states and so forth and that, if you take a look at some of those, 
my guess is that similar to what we do, we'll offer a, um, you know, you can attend a meeting or two in person or virtually online for free. And again, there you're going to get a, a good sense of who the people are, what the programs are, how that flow works at a meeting. And from there, determine whether that's a good fit for you. Love it. Love it. Okay, then uh, the next step from that would be if I want to start one, right? I want to be the they. Like, how do I <laughs> how do I start a group? And do you recommend it, right? If someone, maybe they're in an area, they know there's a significant number of, of people that are interested in photography, but there's no organization around. Should they just spin one up? And if they do, how do they do that? Like what's, what's you just, Hey everybody, let's go meet over here at this coffee shop and, and then grow it from there. Or do you do something more formal or do it virtually? I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, recommend Jessica take that one on because she's actually <laughs> looking at doing that. I, I say this, oh. she's actually looking at, she's already come up with a program in that, that we're looking at within the uh, Colorado state organization. So if she doesn't mind, right. I'll, I'll have her. Jessica, um, are you, are you going to be the they? <laughs> No, I'm not really going to be the they, but I do want, I want people in our area to be the they. So we have, we have a very rich community of very talented photographers here. Um, and being the vice president of the state organization for a year, it occurred to me that like, we're not reaching the whole state and probably more due to geographical location more than anything. We're in Denver and not everybody's local to Denver and we have mountains you have to get over and planes you have to drive through. Um, and so my thought process on that was, why not support the different regions within PPC? And then we can go to them for an event and whatnot, but also like then they can decide if there's something bigger there, right? They can decide, is there something here? If they're having watch parties regularly just for like a PPC meeting in their studio and they're having 10, 15, 20, 30 people show up, there's a need for a club there. And then in that way, how can PPC support that organization? And PPA is one of those affiliate or one of those organizations that you can have an affiliate. It's not called affiliate anymore. It's called community leader, community network. Um, and it's a broader, a broader organization. And that does get you some, at least some visual content on like you'd, you'd have your name on their website. So it'd be mm -hmm. easier for people to find you. But I think even meeting up at a coffee shop and seeing who wants to chat about photography or aliens or whatever happens to come up, like that's <laughs> that's probably a good place to start. But I do see a need for some of these outlying areas, at least in our state, that they could use their own small community. It's great to have a small community and then a broader community is what mm -hmm. I found within these organizations. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting this to see the the size. As I was doing research for this this discussion, yeah. there's a ton of groups out there, mm -hmm. right? All all over the place. Almost like a, a little shadow kind of thing happening that a lot of photographers that just get in that I kind of swept up in the the whole YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook world, and that's where they live and that's where they interact with photographers, don't realize that there's this whole nother world of actual real humans <laughs> that are meeting up and looking at each other's cameras and talking about stuff, which is like what photography used to be. Yeah, and but on that though, on the whole idea of virtual, the, 
is is virtual i know that i think i know the answer to this in my head but is the the idea of having a virtual meeting the next evolution of these groups because you can be global in nature or is it better to have smaller groups that are local where you can shake hands with people and break bread and you know and do all the things and then maybe have a small component like Lone Tree or I think I think Lone Tree was one you mentioned that that has the dial in component as well where people can pop in and be a fly on the wall through Zoom. Is it either or is one better than the other or is a hybrid the best way? What's the what's the best modality for these kind of means? Yeah, I'll throw it to you, Michael. What, what do you think? What's the best? Yeah, yeah. the best way? Um, Excellent question. And the way I would answer it is I believe the hybrid is a great way to do it if you can. Right. I mean, if you yeah. um, I'll, I'll use the, um, you know, the example of, you know, like even within our PPC group, we have, as Jessica pointed out, you know, people that kind of live outside of the area. And it's not, you know, we, we really can't expect them to always drive an hour, hour and a half, two hours and even further from other parts of the state to attend the meeting. So this this virtual element that you know to be honest sort of came about through COVID, right? I mean, Zoom was yeah. something I know Frederick you were aware of, but a lot the rest of the world, most of the rest of the world really wasn't. But it, it did give us a, a, an ability to to have that further reach. Um, you know, personally, I, I do encourage you know for those that do live nearby, whether it's you know here in I'll say Lone Tree, Colorado, or if they're down in Colorado Springs, the the group that's down there, the the, the guild. If they're within striking distance of being able to drive to some of our meetings and our events and our workshops and that that are, you know, maybe in the Denver area with the, the PPC group, I, I still encourage that in-person attendance if you can. Part of that, you know, the, the, the social aspect that you get of, um, you know, shaking somebody's hand and talking, whether it's before the meeting, after the meeting and so forth and that, sometimes there's a lot of value to that, I believe. But, you know, having yeah. said that, I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value with the, the, the virtual side of things in that. The, and again, the, the TWIP community is is a perfect example of that. Is with that, you've got people from around the world. I mean, we have you know Australia and Canada and California, Colorado, and other parts. Um, yeah. The fact that we can all you know talk together and communicate and and all have a common thing to, to share and common you know theme amongst the whole group. I, you know, th th those have a lot of benefit for that yeah. type of a deal and that. But the, the short answer is, to, to me, the hybrid option is, 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 you know, really, you know, pays out well and is beneficial to so many people in that with the other couple of groups that I'm involved with. And how, how does that generally work, the hybrid, though? Is it, I mean, obviously it's not a Zoom meeting and people, I, I don't think people can be fully interactive and get their questions answered and as, as if they were in the room. Is it more of a, hey, here's your closed circuit TV view into this meeting and, you know, there you go. Or is it, do you have them, are they more interactive? Yeah, I, I can answer that one. The first yeah. part of your question is, do they work? And they do when you yeah. have a couple of people who are, if Chuck is listening to this or watching this, um, thank you for handling the technical side of things when things don't always go right. But um, but moving on to the other part of your question and so forth and that. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that, that we, we, we try to make those interactive. It's, it's obviously becomes a little bit more interactive for the people that are there in person to be able to ask the questions and so forth and that that they have of say the presenter and that at a at an in-person meeting 
um, you know, raising their hand and, and kind of chiming in without, now, now, you know, I say that, that that works better, I think, for those that are attending in person. For the virtual audience that comes in when we have the hybrid scenario, um, you know, it, it more or less, the, their questions come in via the, the chat on Zoom, and then mm -hmm. those, answer, those questions will, you know, be presented to the presenter at, at some point where there's a little bit of a break in the action or whatever where, where we can. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit less convenient for those that are coming in on the hybrid, but we do try to make sure that they are, you know, feel they're, you know, part of the, part of the scene and part of the, um, if they have, you know, good questions in that, that they want to ask, we try to make sure that those get taken care of. Yeah. So much, so much to go through. You know, one of the things is I want to, I want to, is there like a directory somewhere, you know, of, and if not, maybe we should make it right. But I feel like there should be like a yellow pages online somewhere where I could just put in my zip code and get a list or, or put in my zip code in a certain radius around that zip code and get a list of all the organizations and what they're doing. Is, it, is there something that you guys know of that exists like that, that people can, people can use to find a club near them? Or is it a business opportunity? I, Look at that. <laughs> I think that's a business opportunity right there. Um, I know yeah. there's like those broader organizations. You can go on their, their website and search local affiliates within their area or your area, I guess. Um, I don't think there is, though. I don't, I've never seen anything that's quite like that. I think you have struck gold with this idea. At this point. Uh, interesting, right. interesting. Yes. Or whoever's listening to this has struck gold, right? Well, go, somebody. So go ahead and yeah. <laughs> go right. build it. I wish I had the time to build it. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is great. This is exciting because there's there's uh, when I when I give speeches or or lectures or presentations or any of that kind of stuff, the the energy that I get from being in person or even in a Zoom, like when we're doing our, our member mixers or critiques or whatever, just that feedback that you get from other people that are like minded, i.e. they love photography, too, you know, regardless of their genre. It is just that that energy feeds onto you and kind of validates that you made the right decision to be doing this kind of thing. Right. Because all these other people are doing it, too. And you're going to gauge your level of progress based on their work like, oh, this guy's doing some outstanding work with infrared. You know, I got to up my game on that and kind of figure out how to do that because that looks interesting or underwater or whatever. Right. It's just exposing, getting exposed to all these different things. So um, let's let's wrap it up here and kind of end with like next steps for folks that are listening. Jessica, I'll let you you lead us off with this. If you know, I'm a I'm a photographer. I'm interested in diving into this. We touched on this a little bit before, but I'm interested in diving in and learning about these groups, virtual or otherwise. Should I just join like Lone Tree and and be a fly on the wall virtually since they have a Zoom component anyway, and get an idea of how that goes or What's no, the best way? And I'm I'm naturally not an extrovert. So for me, going in person the first couple times was really hard. And I don't, while I love teaching and talking to people, it's very hard when I don't know somebody yet. So that was kind of intimidating. But I jumped in and I did the things. And I would say, had I joined online, I probably not, I wouldn't have stayed. It wouldn't have been mm -hmm. as to me that social aspect to it when you're by yourself all the time and I am one of those photographers that for 15 years I just worked by myself or have kids on my lap or you know had my clients but for the most part I was 
editing for hours a day by myself. So that in-person aspect to me is very important if you can make it happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you can't, then find a way to do it if you can. But I would say definitely do not start on Zoom. I would see if they have trials. Most of these organizations have one or two times that you can come hang out and see if it's right for you and and see what it's all about before jumping in with dues and committing money and all that. Yeah. And Michael, do you agree with that? Like the, to, to get started, to seek out the in-person meeting versus virtual? I, I, I think there's some benefits to that. I'm much like Jessica just mentioned in that I'm more on the introverted side of things and so forth and that. So, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I still look back at the very first time that I just got a camera, looked up, like I say, Google, Here's a, a club right down the street from me and that. So I walked in, not knowing anybody there, but, you know, really enjoyed, you know, meeting the people. And that, that's the other thing I would say through all of this, too, is that by putting yourself into that in-person uh, environment, by going there and participating in the social side of it, now I'm, you know, much more comfortable. I, I'd say that's one of the benefits of these clubs that you go to in person, and that is um, getting to know the people. And it's... I'll, I'll say kind of help bring me out of my shell a little bit, maybe uh, a little bit better at presenting and speaking and so forth, just happening by, by being at those. So, so I do agree with that. Although I, I, would, I would say that if you don't have a club that's nearby and you're interested in, again, just you know, furthering your education in photography, or if you're just starting out and you wanna know a, you know, a good way to, to learn, the, 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 the online communities you know, can work very well. And even if they have a hybrid option, you know, if, if it's not convenient to go to, but if, um, you know, joining, you, you know, via, you know, Zoom or whatever platform they use for their virtual programs, you know, I would encourage doing that. But, you know, to Jessica's point, you know, the more that you can do some of the in-person thing, you know, with, I'll say like with PPC, we have our annual conference coming up in early November. What we fa- what we have found is even feedback from our members, and that is, you know, they, they really, you know, enjoy the social aspect of some of those types of things, some of our in-person meetings. And uh, that ends up being becoming a big part of why they stay members as opposed to just joining and, you know, being not very involved. So the more engagement that you can have with your, the organization that you select, the better, the, the more learning opportunities you're going to have. And in my mind, the, the better uh, you're going to see the, you're going to see more of the improvement there in your photography. Yeah. Very good. Very well said. All right. Last last question before we do closing. Um, where can people can contact you stuff? Uh, the the dark side of photography groups is or any group, right, is going to be there's always a bad apple or, you know, somebody who does stuff that they're not supposed to be doing in the meeting or doesn't, you know, whatever. However it manifests, there's always going to be at least one problem child in the mix. How do you deal with that? Like, Michael, I know you, like being the president, you, I'm, I'm sure you had to deal with situations like this and you, you're very tactful, you know, how do you, how do you deal with, with problem children when they infiltrate your group? Uh, it, it never happens. No, um, <laughs> and, 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 and that's not necessarily problem, you know, with any organization, right? Whether, you know, we've yeah. experienced that with uh, corporate America, you know, I, did uh, too many years, 38 years of uh, corporate banking and, uh, you know, in large organizations like that, corporations and so forth, 
Yeah, you, you, you occasionally, you're going to have different people that are going to have different opinions or different ideas or different ways of doing things, maybe, you know, versus that. So, um, you know, like, like you said, what we try to do is make sure that we're looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, what, what, what's, in, what's in the best interest of our members, what's in the best interest of, you know, we have, you know, boards of directors, we have committee chair people and so forth and that, chairpersons. And what we try and do is, you know, make sure that everything is, uh, you know, runs as, as smoothly as, as it can. But to your point, yeah, you're occasionally going to have somebody has, you know, different ideas or different thoughts. And then it's a matter of, you know, trying best to, to work through those and coming up with the best solution. Ultimately, what's, what, what do we feel is the best solution for the organization? Yeah, no, yeah, well mm -hmm. said. Jessica, you have anything to add to that? On I mean, you, you. I mean, we all have kids, but you're a mom. Yeah. So how do you, <laughs> how do you do? You, you yeah. should have the skills to deal with problem children, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I. Yeah, I have four kids of varying ages, so it's. Um, there's always gonna, be, and I don't think it's. I don't think it's that there's like, problem members. I feel like it's somebody will have an opinion about this, that, or the other. And this is any job. Like I also was in banking, oddly enough, not Michael and I didn't know each other then, but um, there's always going to be somebody that's not quite getting along. And in my mind, that's not a problem. It means maybe they're not where, maybe this group is not their best fit, or mm. maybe there's something that we could be doing from a leadership standpoint that would better serve the group as a whole. And like, these are the kind of conversations that we have behind the scenes. And I think so much happens behind the scenes that people don't realize are, is going on in a volunteer type organization. Um, but the focus is always like, what is best for the membership as a whole? And like, how can we support individuals as well? So sometimes it just comes down to like, how can we support that person? It's much like having kids. If a kid is having a tantrum, not that any of our members have had tantrums, but if a kid's having a tantrum, like sometimes that's literally because they're uncomfortable and they need something. And then how do you address that? Yeah. What, do, what is it, Jessica, what, do, what does the organizational structure look like for these types of organizations? Um, so what I've come across at least is that there's, there's a body of members and then there's a board of directors. Some of them are bigger than others. Um, and then within that board of directors, there's varying roles. So there's the typical roles of president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, and then Sometimes that makes up the whole executive board and sometimes the whole board makes up the board. So it can vary a little bit, but it's very much a group collaborative effort when making decisions and planning events. And it's pretty generally never just one person behind the scenes working. It's a huge team of people. I think even Lone Tree has something similar set up to where it's a large team of people that are planning and working simply because they love the organization. Um, there's, I don't know that many organizations pay any of these people. We don't get paid for what we do. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Is that is that how it goes, mm -hmm. Michael? It's just you know, it's a labor of love, volunteer, mm -hmm. and you know, hopefully it all comes together at the end. It is. It is. Um, you know, like I said, as Jessica pointed out, there's no, there's no pay associated with it, but you, know, you do get the, I'll say personal satisfaction in that of, um, you know, hopefully, you know, coming up with programs and coming up with things that, uh, that, that, that people are interested in and are willing to attend. And again, getting that engagement and, and, and the, the, the thing that we really 
I think get some you know enjoyment out of is seeing other members progress right when they've attended a couple mm-hmm. of workshops and all of a sudden now they're getting I'll say in the case of um, you know PPC or PPA or whatever and that all of a sudden their images that they weren't getting what they call merits or recognition in the, in the past all of a sudden through some of the, the the process they start you know getting there and all of a sudden now they start being able to compete for the various degrees and that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's not something that we're looking at it from a standpoint of, you know, financial, you know, economic uh, benefits to ourselves, but more just, you know, what, what, what can we share and what, what, how can we help our members become better photographers and ultimately get to, um, to where they're more successful? Uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if that answered the question exactly, but it was, but, th- but that's you know, kind of the direction that we try to go. And, and we, as a, I'll say as a board or as a group for all these different organizations, ultimately that's what we're striving for is um, seeing better, uh, you know, success for, for the members and seeing yeah. their photography improve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's why I do what I do. Right. It's, mm-hmm. right. you know, the, I, the tagline for TWIP, I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but the kind of my internal tagline for TWIP is to inspire, inform and educate, you know, with a sprinkling of entertainment on there to photographers worldwide. Right. And that's right. the kind of the, the gist of it. And, you know, it, it's fun. Like, and, and for me, for the first, what, decade plus of TWIP, it was kind of a, if I'm lucky, break even operation, <laughs> you know, with, you know, so it was, uh, you know, so it is very much that I understand the whole labor of love and let's do this thing because we love doing it. And it's for the good of good of humankind to, to be doing this and to help photographers become better photographers. So, yeah, this is this is exciting. I'm glad to, I'm glad you guys have took the time to have this conversation. I think it's important for for photographers to at least get in their heads that you know this this idea of interacting with other people around this this topic of photography that we love is so it's so crucial especially today i mean it, it arguably always has been but i think today especially because there's so much information flowing around there's so much change in all creative industries and the gear changes and the law changes and you know all these things i remember a couple of years ago the well several years ago there was all the conversation was around where you could shoot right so it was around oh i can't bring a tripod and put it over there but i can put it over here but if i get a monopod i can use it you know <laughs> and those conversations have kind of boiled down a little bit i think largely because you know, you could take this and no one cares, right? Your iPhone and no one cares. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, I think these, these conversations and the, the tactile feel of being in the same room with someone cannot be, cannot be understated. So let, let's leave it right there. Uh, Michael Rhino, you know, mm-hmm. tell us where people can find you, see some of your work, maybe check out the, the clubs that you're involved in. And I'll have all these links in the show notes for the episode. But, right. you know, for folks that are sitting there right now, you know, where, where do they go to connect? Sure, sure. If it's if it, me, me personally, anyways, and it would be um, the uh, I'll say in Instagram at the at symbol M-N-R-Y-N-O. Uh, website is Michael Rhino Photography. Also have a website, as I mentioned now, that I'm doing some of the portraits in that. There's one called rhinoportraits.com. Uh, nice. And, uh, and I'm also out there on, uh, let's see, MN Rhino on, on Twitter. 
And on uh, Facebook, it would be Michael Rhino. I think just look that up. There's not a whole lot of Michael Rhinos, R-Y-N-O, out there in that. So you'll, you'll find me there. Um, and then as far as, uh, you know, some of the groups in that, Lone Tree Photo Club has its uh, link out there, LoneTreePhotoClub.com, I think it is, or something like that. But you know, it's not too hard to find. And same thing with uh, Professional Photographers of Colorado. We have, um, uh, 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 we actually have a, a group website out there in that um, to, to go find that one also in that. So again, there just go. Google uh, Professional Photographers of Colorado, and you'll see on there some of our um, you know, events that we have upcoming and things that we've been doing in the past. And and just just for the record, Rhino is R Y N O for folks that are Googling it because you said it really fast, Michael. I know people yeah. are like R H I N O, or is it Republican in name only? Like, what is it? Right? It's R Y N O. None of those. So very cool. That's right. That's right. And, and and like I said, when you, you Google that, you won't find a whole lot of others with that spelling. So. Yeah, very good. And you're lucky. You imagine if you had a name like Fred Johnson. Imagine that. All right, Jessica, what about you? You have the last word. Where can people go to connect with you, see some of your work, learn from you, all the things? Um, so mine is super easy because I'm the only Jessica Valia, V-A-L-L-I-A, ever. So I'm the only one. Um, and my wow. website's just jessicavalia.com to make it as easy as humanly possible. My last name, my maiden name is York. So I'm very happy that I've married into a name that's not common because nice. Jessica York photography would not have been, there's probably 40 of them at least. So yeah, yeah. Jessica Valia photography, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, same. It's just Jessica Valia photography. I tried to keep mm -hmm. it as easy as humanly possible. And I think PPC's website is ppcolorado.com. I think it's go. pretty easy. And then ppgcs is literally ppgcs.com. Um, and it's I'm highly active in those groups. I'm actually teaching yeah. at the conference that we have coming up. I got, while I'm the chair of that that event, also I got talked into, let's also be a speaker. So I'll be speaking at that one. Very good. So, so Jessica Valia, that so you are the only one like in existence. Mm -hmm. So you are, you are, you're an NFT. You realize that, right? You are the personification <laughs> of an NFT. <laughs> I don't understand NFT. So <laughs> it just means that there's only one. You're the authenticated okay. one. So there's, there's you know, all others are copies. You are the one that has a certificate that says I'm the original. So yes. you're the I mean, original. I wasn't into it but by marriage well, i'm the only one and that works out really well for my business that's except awesome. that nobody that's knows really how cool. to say it and that's that's where the truck the struggle comes in but of course yeah of course well, cool. Thank you to both of you for coming on. I appreciate you. This has been a great conversation. I feel like we should we should extend this conversation um, in kind of vertical directions if when we speak again and maybe dive into like just the setup of a group or dive into how to present to a group. If, if there are photographers out there that want to kind of get into that circuit, how do they do it? Do they just call up uh, a Michael Rhino and say, Hey, I got this thing I want to talk about. Can I come speak at your group? And how does that work? You know, so the mechanics, I think if you guys are up for it, we'll do a, we'll yeah. do a follow up and talk about kind of the mechanics of running a group and all that stuff versus are they necessary? Sound good? 
Yeah, that would be great. Like you said, there's plenty of subtopics out of this one here. We covered a yeah. lot of things in general, but there's three or four of those things that could be their own episode in, in, in a, themselves. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we could totally dive in. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you both. Have a great rest of your day, Jessica. Tonight, you're presenting tonight, right? At the yep. at the yeah, break a leg. You know, I'll be the it's my first time going too, so <laughs> I don't oh. know anybody. Well, I might know a oh. few friendly faces. I don't yeah. know everything. Well, then a after the event, you will know a bunch of people. And there you go. Right? So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. All right. We'll leave it right there. Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you. Michael, uh, hopefully I'll see you on Friday. Maybe, Jessica, yeah. if you come to the okay. come to our TWIP meeting. <laughs> but by this Friday, Friday I'll, try, I'll, I'll try and join in. I'm going to be at a, uh, a wedding up in the Aspen area this Friday night. But like I say, every Friday that I'm available, I, I, I try and make those. This Friday, I unfortunately, is one that I can't make. I can't make That's it okay. to for no the problem. whole for the duration, but maybe I can weigh in and say hello for a couple minutes. You dial in from the wedding. That's it. You there know, you yeah. use your phone and just live stream the wedding. Be that guy. There you, <laughs> so, there you go. All right. The, we'll leave right there. Thank Saturday, but we, they, they have a dinner on Friday night. So that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Yep. Yeah. The, the mixer that we run is more of a, okay, if you don't have anything better to do, you can come hang out with the other people that don't have anything better to do on Friday. <laughs> and on Friday. we commiserate yeah. and have fun. Yeah. On Friday. No, it, 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 it's, it's always on my list for, I, I, I try and make sure I schedule my, uh, or work my schedule around being able to attend them. They're a lot of fun. Very cool. All right, we'll leave right there. Thank you both, and we'll see you next time. Have a good rest of your day and a good rest of your week. This is Twitter.